thanks for joining us for another episode of Oklahoma Senate on Deck. Uh, I'm Aaron Cooper with Oklahoma Senate Republican Communications. And as always, we're joined by the leader of the Senate, the President Pro Tempore, Senator Greg Tree. Senator, how are you doing this fine day? I'm doing excellent, Aaron. Thanks for asking. <laughs> well, as everyone can see, we're we're recording this on Zoom. We're doing our social distancing right now. You're at home. Uh, what have you been up to? It's interim time, so uh, you have a little bit more time to yourself than you do normally during session. Not near as much as people think. Uh, we, I've still been focused quite a bit, still coming to the Capitol some, masking up when I come up there. Right. But uh, one of the things I didn't mask up very well was when I painted, <laughs> I've got spots all over. I did not match it well. I blame it on uh, Home Depot where I took it to uh, get it matched. Or it you know, may I, have been my fault, but well, uh, I think you did a fine job. You, really, this is me. I can't notice it until you point it out. I think it's one of the things where, since it's your creation and your work, you are hyperly critical. Uh, whereas somebody else like myself come in and says, "Oh yeah, you did a great job painting the wall." So it's not that no, it's not as noticeable, yeah, I think, as you may it's give it to me. Very noticeable. It's like where's where's Waldo? Once I point it out, you'll you'll never miss it. But the uh, <laughs> It'll be fixed, hopefully, by the next time we do this, or maybe the next time we do this, will be in person. But also been traveling the state, meeting with members and their uh, business leaders, civic leaders, uh, faith leaders in their district. I, you know, I learn a lot at the Capitol when people come and visit with me, but I learn so much more when I'm actually uh, in someone else's office, someone else's church, someone else's uh, uh, place where they eat lunch and dinner. Uh, I learned so much more being in the district. So I've been traveling around meeting with uh, different members and people in their community. They they have issues that they want to bring to the Capitol and, and been doing a lot of that. Yeah, kids have been playing know. football until it was canceled because of COVID. One, one kid's still playing, one's not. We'll see. Yeah, we're all kind of managing through those types of issues right now. And I think it's, uh, like we say around here, the the job of a legislator uh, is 24-7, 365. The, uh, the work doesn't go away when the session ends. And I think it's, um, you represent the citizens of District 47, specifically in the Senate, but you're also the leader of the Senate. And as a member of the body at large, you represent our entire state. And so it's good to, to get around the state and see what issues people have going on. Well, that, and, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention how many people are, are struggling with unemployment, uh, mm -hmm. underemployment, uh, with COVID. A lot of people have lost their jobs. And so, my office, especially uh, Christine in my office and myself, have been dealing a lot with OESC, as I'm sure many people watching this have had family members or themselves going through it. And it's such an unusual circumstance with so many self-employed people having to file for unemployment. And there's been a real backlog trying to work through that. And I've got Senator James Lee Wright um, from Creek County working on that daily. Uh, we've been working on it. So it's not just traveling the state. There's still right. issues go around and uh, people's issues don't wait for the next session to roll around their their year round. That's a great point. And that kind of leads me into the the topic I wanted to get into and spend some time on during this podcast episode. And that is um, members of the Senate have submitted their interim study requests to your office. And, and here at the Pro Tem's office, we've reviewed some and, and uh, we're making that announcement soon about the, the studies that will be held. And um, first of all, and I think, um, We'll talk about this in a little bit, but some of these issues related to COVID probably will crop up in, in the interim study request, so we can talk about that in a second. But just remind the folks at home, interim studies, uh, the usefulness of those and, and what we do with them and how we conduct them here in the Senate. 
Yeah, so interim studies are, are very useful. The, when we have an idea that comes before the legislature, it's, it's normally unwise to just throw an idea out without vetting it in some way and kind of figuring out who it impacts, what are the uh, as many unintended consequences that you can figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so these studies are a really valuable time for members uh, to, to float their idea, to get feedback on their idea, to explore a problem, see if there is any solution. Sometimes we look at it and the proper solution doesn't rest with state government. It may rest with a school board or city council or county commissioner. Uh, so we're, we study these issues. This year is very unique with COVID and with construction of the Capitol. We're down to one meeting room that we can actually legitimately hold these in. So as the pro tem, you, you like to approve as many of these as you can for our members, but I'm having to really limit it down, limit it to two studies per member at max. And I think I, I don't know the full count, but probably around 80 or 90 requests came in uh, at the end of the day. I think about 30 of them will be approved, but you really see some themes, you know, with, with police interaction with the public de-escalation. I've got one on that. Several others do. Uh, you look at things like unemployment. What is, how is OESC, Oklahoma Employment Securities Commission right. reacted? What kind of IT issues are there? looking forward, how can we further develop our economy and diversify our economy? Mm-hmm. All kinds of issues uh, related to that healthcare, you know, uh, state question 802 uh, narrowly passed, but it passed. And so Medicaid expansion is with us and it will begin July 1 of 2021. So the legislature has to come up with funding uh, and several studies just looking at those type of things. Uh, I'm excited to unveil those and, and get those started. Once I, so the, the lists are submitted to me, I put a deadline of July 10th for those to be considered and gave myself until the 24th of July to make decisions on those. Those were tough decisions to try to winnow it down just given the constraints we have. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be announcing it. And then um, the then it goes to the committee chairs and committee chairs still have the ability to say yes or no to an interim study if they're gonna hear it. And so those those decisions will be with the committee chairs, but. A lot of good ideas submitted and just couldn't couldn't approve well, them I mean, all. the logistical problems are such that uh, you're the pro tem of the Senate and we even had to uh, cancel or, or disapprove one of your study requests. <laughs> yeah, so I did disapprove one of mine. I submitted the three and, and disapproved one of mine based mm-hmm. on time and uh, t- time constraints because of the office. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and I think a lot of these topics are, are similar. You know, I think there may be a few public safety or transportation related requests that may be able to be covered in the same study. Or if the committee meets for three hours one day, they can split time to cover both of those topics and try to accommodate people in that way. That's kind of historically how we've done it here in the Senate. I think it's worked pretty well. Well, you know, for a number of years, this loft idea that we had was bouncing around of having a a legislative office of fiscal transparency, but it wasn't until we had an interim study. We spent a long time on that one. It wasn't just a few hours. Uh, It was a lot of days and months preparing for it and then a long day or two of studies, but it really helps other members kind of see your vision, uh, ask critical questions, get experts from even outside of Oklahoma to weigh in. And, and this year, I think we'll probably, much like we did in session, utilize virtual uh, communications, having people on video chat like you and I are right now testifying for the committee and, and really trying to winnow down the good ideas. I'm really excited about that option too, because I think it'll be, it'll be really neat. And 
we'll have the opportunity for not only folks to follow along at home, uh, maybe easier by, by doing so uh, virtually or, or watching a, a hearing online, but also maybe can open it up uh, to people participating in the study, or I should say, uh, testifying or presenting at the studies because, um, you know, it could have been, it, it may have been hard to get somebody to come from another state, from Washington, D.C., to for for a couple of hours of a meeting here in, in Oklahoma City at the Capitol, but if they can participate remotely, I'm encouraged that maybe you can have more uh, experts, subject matter experts, more ideas generated by having people from all around the country uh, talk to lawmakers here in Oklahoma. Absolutely, and we don't have to foot the bill for uh, airplane or hotel, so. That's right. And speaking of, uh, uh, before we get away from interim studies, one of yours, and I think it's a cool topic, can't wait to see how it turns out, uh, the legislature, due to the COVID pandemic, we uh, made some amendments, made some temporary adjustments to the Open Meetings Act and allowed uh, bodies to go virtual uh, for the sake of social distancing, protecting the health and safety of folks, but still allowing uh, governments at all levels to operate and for citizens to follow along. So one of your requests has been whether or not those temporary changes may be useful long-term and, and made permanent. And you know, I think we're kind of biased, but it looks like those have worked well and maybe something we want to do long-term and, and just speak to that and also how that could uh, have an impact for citizens at home wanting to follow along more closely, uh, local city and, and state government. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of apprehension even among uh, legislators about trying to open it up to where you can have a quorum based on virtual participation. Technology's come so far just even in the last decade, even the last five years, to allow this type of participation and, and much more dynamic participation. There's still flaws, you know, you, every call you're on, you have people saying, can you hear me now? Or, or right. uh, you know, interruptions or they lost connection. But there's distractions in person as well. Obviously you can't replace the in-person, but it, it's brought a lot of trans, more transparency to all levels of government. And I think there's some things that we should hold on to, lessons that we've learned uh, and technologies that we can utilize in city councils and school boards and every level of government, uh, library boards. Mm -hmm. People can no longer have to take out of their evening and get someone else to take their kid to soccer practice or football practice. They can watch on their phone, have headphones in, whatever. The media can do that. In fact, I anticipate and, and will be asking some media members uh, to participate. Hopefully they will. Because uh, there's some shortcomings too, you know, we saw the thing at the State Department of Education where they got Zoom bombed and some terrible things were said. Right. Um, and, and so it's not without its pitfalls, but there's so much that we can do. And I really want to capture it and say, what did we learn? What good can, can come of this? And how can we make the process more transparent? And that's, that's again, that's one of the things we do here with interim studies is, is encapsulate ideas like that and, and see how we can make a positive impact. Um, anything else you want to say on interim studies before we move on? They do have to be completed by, I believe it's the last Friday in October, just to get that bit of housekeeping taken care of before the legislative um, term expires, I guess. Yeah, you have elections and then a, a couple of weeks later swearing in, so you, you need to get them done before that time. But we'll have more information from the Senate about those. We'll, on the Senate website will be a list of the studies. Uh, when the committee, when and if the committee chairs schedule them, uh, these interim studies, they'll be listed on our website, the times, and for, if you want to follow along virtually, like we've just talked about, 
uh, there'll be links for you to be able to follow those meetings. So uh, we'll have more information, uh, specific information on the Senate website, OKSenate.gov. So uh, go check that out uh, soon. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to get into today while we could pro Tim, um, we've had some questions, some emails here into the office uh, about an issue. And that has to do with um, uh, um, lawsuit that was filed uh, on behalf of you and, and House Speaker Charles McCall, uh, and it had to do with tribal gaming compacts. So I think some people had some questions of what, why those lawsuits were filed and what, um, what they were about. So I was hoping you could kind of uh, give us a couple of, uh, some insight into that and, and, and tell us more about that. Yeah, so uh, Speaker McCall and I filed those uh, during session when, when we realized that we thought that the, the compacts violated state law. Um, I've gotten some really good emails saying, hey, great, th thanks for standing up for separation of powers. That's really what it was about. Yeah. Is the legislature has a role, the governor has a role, the court has a role, and you saw all three of those playing out uh, for anyone who's interested in government or political science, this was a very interesting uh, exercise to see how that balance of power really works. But the important thing was uh, there were some things agreed to in that compact that were not currently allowed under state law. And the question was, could the executive branch unilaterally cause that to happen? In other words, could they legislate? And I thought it was a pretty clear cut case that they could not. It was nothing against the current governor, Governor Stitt and I are friends. In fact, uh, immediately before we started taping this podcast, he and I were just texting back and forth. Right. Uh, we have a, a tremendous relationship uh, and he does a lot of good. But on this issue, we just had a legitimate disagreement. And uh, we, where you take those legitimate disagreements is the Supreme Court. The uh, And I think it's important, like you said, um, it's it wasn't specific to even the policy issue, it was more the broader the uh, terms of separation of powers and system of checks and balances. And it could have been uh, related to transportation if you thought necessary. It's just um, the, the, the balance, the checks and balances are there for a reason. I think like you just said, uh, this was a good example of how they work and how they work well to make sure. Yeah, there were two cases we brought forward. There were two rounds of compact sign so this this case that was just settled, uh, the Supreme Court uh, ruled in favor of the speaker and myself, uh, seven to one. Uh, that was a pretty clear cut case. The second one, we'll see. The court is still in the court's hands, and I think uh, the governor's team uh, responded uh, Friday. Uh, we'll respond this Friday after this is taped, and so we'll see uh, what what comes of that. I think we have a strong case there, but. It's really important that the governor and the speaker and I work together to move Oklahoma forward, and I'm committed to, to that end. I'm also very committed to making sure that uh, the process is followed. The, and when I say process, sometimes people think you're, you're getting into the weeds of like this step, this step. No, I'm talking about just the Constitution and state right. statutes. I'm not an ends justify the means. I believe that the process is equally important to make sure that you protect the minority uh, and to make sure you protect uh, the republic. Well, we see this at the federal level and talk about it a lot, but if the judicial branch uh, attempts to legislate, uh, that's offensive and, and is against the, the checks and balances between the three branches. So I think, um, you know, that system is what makes our government work and it sets it up as a, an excellent model uh, compared to other systems of government. So 
Yeah, and in, in, in years past, uh, before I became a legislator, there were times where the legislature tried to perform the executive branch's function, mm -hmm. uh, and the, the court was asked to intervene, and they did, and yeah. shut that down. So it's, it's a, uh, you know, we're all juxtaposed to each other to keep each other in balance, and it's about not one in entity or one person having all the power. That's not the system that, that our founders created. Right. Let's talk about something else related to the Oklahoma Constitution, and that is the issue of redistricting. And uh, here in the Senate, uh, we've had an announcement uh, with just announcing a, a few more details of the process we're having here. So uh, some folks at home who follow along politics may have seen uh, that there was, there had been a uh, state question or proposed state question uh, dealing with redistricting that was withdrawn. Uh, I, I think that's good news, but notwithstanding that, the Senate has all along said that we were committed to doing our job in, um, in an open and transparent way. And so we just made an announcement about that with more details of the process, things like public hearings and the public submission of proposed maps. So just talk us uh, through a little bit more of the redistricting process from your perspective. Yeah, our constitution requires fair and equal districts. And I'm committed to that end. As the pro tem of the Senate, I take the Constitution and statute seriously, and we're going to have as much input as we we can from the general public, from members, from uh, different interested parties, cities, counties, uh, people who really have an interest. When we do redistricting, it doesn't just impact the state house, the state senate, and the congressional districts. It also impacts county commissioners. It also impacts uh, the precincts that everything else is based upon. So it's really important to get input from everyone. We're going to have the ability for people to draw maps uh, online. Uh, I think that's the first time we've been able to do that, probably technology-wise, just like right. we're talking about on open meetings has put us in a spot. That's not to demean people who came before me. I just don't think the technology was there. Yeah. But it's really important when people draw those maps. They, If you're drawing like the state senate, you need to be able to draw all 48 districts because you can cherry pick and make something look really nice, but you have to take into account that ripple effects across right. the state. Right. Um, and so it's, it's really important that we do it fair and equal. And, and we are, I've got Senator Lonnie Paxton out of Tuttle and Senator Dave Rader uh, out of Tulsa. And then I asked Senator Floyd who she would like to be the lead on the Senate Democrat side and, and Senator Brooks uh, step forward. And so all three of those uh, gentlemen are working with uh, the lead staffer on the issue and, and really moving down the road. I'll be announcing the full committee in short order uh, and really just trying guiding principles. We'll be having meetings around the state seeking input mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we're committed to a fair and open transparent process. Again, I'll point everyone back to our Senate website, oksenate.gov. We'll have more uh, details there on things like the public hearings, whenever those may be scheduled. Uh, the maps will be on our website. Uh, more information will be um, let out uh, later this year as it comes available. Hey, Aaron, um, real quick, on, on that issue, uh, it's really important that people do their census, uh, fill out their yeah. census, uh, because that impacts how we do redistricting. And one of the things that's going to impact uniquely this, this cycle is we're not going to get our census data when we normally get our census data. So normally we'd be doing finishing redistricting uh, this following session this uh, in 2021, but we're not slated to get our census data that we have to base it off of until late May or early June of 2021. So we're 
we're looking at estimates, we're doing all that stuff, we're trying to do all our due diligence, uh, but fill out that census. It's not too late to be counted. We need you to count uh, urban, suburban, rural, uh, Democrat, Republican, I don't care. I want you to be counted. And so please go out and fill that out. It's extremely important uh, to the way we govern, the way we allocate resources, uh, it impacts everything. Yeah, well, it's, it's been a priority here in the Senate to promote the uh, completion of census forms here in Oklahoma. I saw my Senate district had 71%. Uh, hey, I think you were number one or number two on Senate, yeah. Senate district response rates. Number one, if there was someone ahead of me, I would know. <laughs> uh, there was Senate district uh, 22, I think was at 72.1. I think you were at 71.7. So oh, man. you need to challenge the folks of Senate district 47 to get on uh, line my, my, my 2020 census.gov and uh, fill out their census forms. They need to do it. They need to. It's important. Um, well, I think that's uh, everything we needed to cover today, unless there's anything else you wanted to uh, impart on the, the listeners at home. Any words of wisdom? No, I, I hope that you all enjoy this. I hope you get through uh, uh, the whole time with us. Uh, there's some meaty issues here. And, and if we're not talking about something you want us to be talking about, send us an email. I really want to be talking about what people are interested in, what they're curious about and uh, make this as uh, driven by the people listening as anything. So send us your email. And our email address is ondeck at oksenate.gov. Uh, you can also go to the Senate website and submit an email to Senator Treat there. And of course, these are posted on social media. So also leave us a comment uh, on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter and let us know uh, what questions you maybe have about the process of how government works or specific thing going on uh, that we would like to uh, inform you about or try to answer some questions. Uh, Senator Treat, thanks for always, thanks as always for your time today and uh, we hope you uh, enjoy uh, the rest of your interim until the next time at least we uh, get to talk to you. All right, thank you very much. Have a good one. And thanks everybody at home for listening and following along. Um, we uh, Please like, share uh, our podcast here, send us an email, leave us a comment, and we'll be happy to, uh, to get back to you. Thanks again for watching Oklahoma Senate on Deck. We'll see you next time.